Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 9. Paul Bunyan Logs Off the Dakotas. Part 3. In all of Paul's work in the Dakotas, Babe, as always, proved of great help to his master. There were some districts which were far from any stream that was big enough to float logs, and so Paul thought of a way to use the great blue ox's tremendous strength in getting this timber nearer water. He would hitch Babe to a full section of land and drag the whole thing, trees and all, down to the river right handy to the camp. There, Paul's men would cut the timber from it, pile the logs on the banks of the stream, and then Babe would haul the cleared square mile of land back to its proper place again. In this way, Paul was able to log sections that he otherwise never could have bothered about and never would have been able to touch without the unique assistance of the great blue ox. It took Babe just one day to haul six sections of land down to the river and then take them back again after the trees had been cut off. That made 36 sections a week. The first week, however, that this plan was put into use, Paul had the ox haul section 37 down the last thing on Saturday night, intending to leave it there over Sunday and clear it off the first thing on Monday morning. On Sunday, the river rose, washed the section away, and it has never been found since. That is why all government survey maps today show only 36 sections to a township, as Paul Bunyan lost section 37 and never recovered it again. And so his mighty crew working in all directions with a vigor and efficiency that has never been equaled, Paul Bunyan progressed rapidly through the winter with his task of logging off the Dakotas. Finally, as spring came on, he suddenly discovered that all the big timber of the two states had been cut off, and that some of his men had even worked down into Nebraska and Kansas, clearing off all the trees as they went. Hastily ordering everyone to cease work, he reassembled his men once more at the big camp to await his next orders. Throughout the Dakotas, all the timber that was now to be found was a few patches, here and there, of small trees not big enough for logs. He looked around for a market for these and found it with a railroad that was just being built across the country. The railroad needed wooden ties for its tracks, so Paul turned most of his men into tie hacks or tie cutters and proceeded to dispose of all his small timber 
in the form of railroad ties. He trained the cutters to climb the trees with 40-pound broad axes strapped to their feet like skates, scoring great slashes in the sides of the trees as they went up. Once at the top, they would slide down again, the heavy blades on their feet slicing off the wood on opposite sides of the trees, hewing two flat faces at once so that the timber was just of the right thickness. After they had learned also to cut off a tie every eight feet as they slid down, they worked very fast, having only to climb up a tree and slide back down in order to manufacture it into railroad ties. Finally, even all the small trees were used in this manner, the ties hauled away, the logs delivered long ago to the sawmills, and the camp cleaned up. Nothing was left of the great forests that had stood on these vast stretches of fertile land, excepting the stumps, and Paul soon got rid of them. He picked out the very strongest men in his crew and armed them all with heavy wooden mallets. Then he himself leading the way, they started out. One blow was enough to drive the biggest stump far down into the ground. And so thump, thump, faster than anyone could count, Paul's men pounded all the stumps out of sight into the earth. It was only a day or two until there was not a stump left in sight, nor a tree either, nothing but miles and miles of rolling plains where once the forests had stood and the hug-gags roamed. The work in the Dakotas was finished, and Paul Bunyan was ready to move on to other fields. The senator who had hired him was very much pleased with the work and thanked him in a speech so long that it could be repeated only in the congressional record. Before summer had come, the two states were being settled by the Swedish farmers who had been driven out of their own country, and they soon made fine farms where the leaning pines had stood so thickly only a year before. That's why, today, there are so many Swedes in North and South Dakota, thanks to the great work of Paul Bunyan. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.